0: Welcome, everybody, to the Magic Beans Podcast. We are back again for episode number 178. I'm your host tonight, and my name is Shorty, and I have two beans on the line with me in the form of Chewy. How's it going, mate?
1: Good, mate. Uh, I feel like we've got the band back together. It feels like it's been a little while <laughs> since it's been the three of us, so yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, it, it ha- has been quite a while, which is, uh, yeah, good to have everyone back here. And uh, yeah, the other person in
2: that band, I guess if we're going with that, is Cracker. How's it going, mate? Good, good. Are you sure you've got the episode number right then?
1: <laughs> I know that's really difficult for some people to get the episode it's, number right.
2: Listen, it, it is, yeah. It's big numbers. De- definitely some some people struggle with that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah no, I, had, I had a good laugh
2: at that when I listened to the last podcast. Hang on a minute, I think that was a previous episode. Anyway, it's all good. It's because the show notes weren't updated because you and J didn't use the show notes. That's right. We we used it's our own J-Mud's special J yep. show notes. Yep. And, yeah. It's all uh, J Mud's yeah. fault. Yeah. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely. Banned forever. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Should no.
0: definitely have him back on again. He's always Correct. a lot of fun. But uh yes it is good to be back. Uh, yeah I've I've missed a week and then uh yeah you guys were off the week before that and who knows beyond that I can't remember what I did yesterday let alone Four to six weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, but all of us back again and keen to talk a bit of magic. And uh, yeah, we've got a bit of an exciting time in the world of magic with a new set about to drop like next week. So, going to have a bit of a chat about that tonight. We're going to mostly be talking about Ixalan, the uh, Lost Caverns of Ixalan, the set's coming out next week. We've got some preview cards to talk about, some draft archetypes, and uh, yeah, a few other bits and pieces. So, we will get into that. But before we do, Chewy, do you want to give a shout out to our fine sponsors?
1: Absolutely. Uh, our fine sponsors of our podcast and our tournament series are Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They are a Facebook auction group with nightly auctions. They have also claim lots and win it now posts. There's heaps of ways to pick up excellently priced magic cards every single night of the week. Premium auctions on the weekend are really, really shiny as well and they have a full-time auctioneer, which means that the communication and shipping are second to none. So j- jump on to jpmtgbazaar.com.au, get bidding and tell them that the beans sent you.
0: Very good. All right. So we're going to get into a, uh, a whingy complaining topic first, I think. Well, we're magic we players. That's what we do. into the fun stuff. Yeah, that's, uh, that's par for the course for being a magic player. So the title of this thing in our show notes, this segment, is arena sucks.
1: (laughs) I'm going to talk about how the shuffler's rigged and how the matchmaking's broke. Yeah, we're going to go go deep on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) So, what are we talking about, Chewie? Why does arena suddenly suck? And I don't think it's a
2: suddenly thing.
1: (laughs) Well, it it sucks a little more. Specifically. (laughs) Specifically, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, There is a whole bunch of uh, people out there that are having a lot of trouble uh submitting decks for challenges and actually just getting a like a direct challenge off the ground. So if you say you want to test out your your latest brew and you don't want to jump onto the ladder yet and you go, Hey Cracker, I think I've got this brew, do you want to like challenge me so we can like do some testing? Or, you know, I've got this standard tournament that's coming up on the weekend, let's like jam some games against a a gauntlet, let's play some games together, and you jump on and you do a friend challenge and then Arena just says no, it dies (laughs) and people just can't do the friend challenges. And it's we waited a really long time for that feature to be able to challenge your mates on Arena and then just like for whatever reason with an update or a, a server issue or something the uh the functionality just stopped working and i know there's uh people in our leagues that have you know really felt that and haven't been able to you know play matches in the uh in the allotted time because they just keep experiencing this and super frustrated and like shouldn't take that long to sort out really so and yeah zero communication from wizards on it (laughs) right not even an eta so even barely an acknowledgement that it's happening
2: Super annoying. It happened to me a bunch, particularly in the last week and a half of the league when I was trying to jam matches and it was just Yeah, you just couldn't couldn't do anything. And you sit there for ages and it was just saying, you know, it either wouldn't let you select a deck and then you click on the button and you like you get the next screen, you're like, Yes, finally the challenge goes through and it just Flashes up with the draw. (laughs) It's like, oh, come on. (laughs) And, like, it didn't matter what method you used. You couldn't do, like, a direct friend challenge. You couldn't do, you know, the one where you put in the person's code. I couldn't do, like, the tournament type. Like, I tried, like, six different ways. Like, I think just about every single way you could of, like, the format type and the the selection type. And I just just couldn't get
1: them. You've just got to have them on a call and, like, on the count of three, both hit play and hope you get paired. <laughs> you just magically get ladder. paired on ladder Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay
2: All Right So what I need you to do Is drop 11 ranks to be bronze four
1: <laughs> so Yeah you we gotta play Insanity paired. Who's like rank 38 <laughs> mythic or something Yeah no. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean I just concede to him anyway I think it's the same result Just saves him some time
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, I beat him in the league Because he got mana screwed.
2: Oh, well, ah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> the only <other laughs> way you can win.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, I won one game legitimately, can. then got trounced, and then he got screwed, and I, uh, I took it. You know, got you em. take this. Yeah. So, but yeah, you know, it's, it's frustrating. It is
0: extremely frustrating. Like, I mean, the segment topic of arena sucks. It really is just an ongoing saga with with arena. Like, you look at how much money Wizards as a company makes, how much money magic makes for them i couldn't even imagine how much of that is arena like they'd be making stacks of money off of it it just it boggles my my mind how much they just continually stuff it up and and just don't seem to fix things like this yeah this bug's been going on for weeks and there because there's no in-game tournament system any like third party events that are going on over weekends or whatever like they they're all just running into the same problems and, and yeah we just don't don't seem to really do anything about it like you, you wouldn't think it would be that hard to figure out where the bug is and just push out a, a quick patch and have it updated so the other thing that really frustrates you, like I, I play a lot of marvel marvel snap these days and anytime there's any sort of small issue it's like oh, sorry, there was this small issue, and it may not have even affected you. You you jump on and it's like, oh, there was this small issue and you couldn't play this card or whatever. Here's free stuff. They just give you free stuff. Mm-hmm. It was the same with almost any other game. Here's free stuff where it was sorry that you may have possibly been slightly inconvenienced, but have some free stuff. And you're like, oh, sweet, that's awesome. Arena, it's like, nah. <laughs> not even an <laughs> acknowledgement that something was... <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I wonder, like, you know, you talked about how much money arena makes and we don't know but it's like some number of millions of dollars every year when you think about magic making a billion dollars a year sort of thing right so some multiple millions tens of millions even hundreds of millions even come out of arena and how many how much of a percentage of that is in franchise players that are playing in those uh you know weekend tournaments through you know, tournament organisers and there's, you know, countless small leagues through Discord communities and, and people like us, content creators and things that that run their little events through Arena. What's the percentage of Arena players that play the game that way versus those that just play Historic Brawl or play casual or, or people that grind the ladder? So are they... How much of an impact on their bottom line are they having potentially if this goes on too long and... Do they care? And I don't, I don't know none. the answer to that. So.
2: I, I think it would be a very small percentage.
1: Versus like the, your, your yeah, casual- versus just the
2: mass of people who are just grinding ladder and jamming games. I, I think that the you know league style you know online tournament series thing is a fraction, like a tiny, yeah. tiny percentage. It's like comparing so they, they not
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah the yeah. answer to your question, do they care? Is no.
1: <laughs> yeah. <Well>, As <laughs> shown well, by,
2: the, listen, you know what you're going to get from this? Arena's going to be like, hey, sorry, there was a problem. We took a rare wild card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: the negatives now are great, uh,
2: but you, you might, you might, if you're lucky, get a thousand XP,
0: which literally does nothing.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> okay. the most token thing ever. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. So poor. It's fifty yeah, gold. It, it, it. But, yeah. but I wonder, like, you know, it's, oh, I don't know, it's a, it's a shareholders thing. It's just like, if we have to pay extra devs to do stuff, then that eats into the profits and versus, you know, paying an extra dev, having a better product and potentially gaining more profits. Like, they've obviously done the, the back of the envelope <laughs> equation. I don't right? think they have. And don't gone. They have. If, if we, well, I, I think if no, they've got. Gone- they're just like,
2: Oliver, please, sir, could I have some more? More? <laughs> yeah. They're just like slapping them away. Yeah. <laughs> Get exactly. back to work,
1: developers. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, it's, I, I, it's actually funny. Like I, I often, you know, when we're having these discussions around arena, uh, draw on my own experience as, you know, someone who manages a has significant piece of software. Uh, it, I literally presented to our exec, uh, requesting more resources, more more devs, and said that you know you you expect a Ferrari, you expect the system to run like a Ferrari, but you've only given us a Camry budget. Uh, so like, that were literally the words that came out of my mouth, and um, and it actually got traction as well. So uh, you know maybe maybe the people that are you know managing Arena need to you know maybe they've done this as a uh, a ploy to go how can we have a bunch of negative press without impacting too many people? We'll just break something deliberately and ploy to try to get more uh, uh, <laughs> let us. Let's, let's, let's not give them like, that much credit. Yeah, <laughs> correct. I, let's, uh,
2: let's not put forth malintent when uh, incompetence is the more likely so, <laughs> Well, so, I, honestly, I so, think so the devs
1: sure. do a great job. There's just not enough of them and yeah, there's yeah, too many okay. things for them to fix. Like, it screams under-resourcing to me.
2: Yeah. So apart from this being annoying... Why do we actually care so much at the moment, Shorty? What has uh, so this done to us, us?
0: Yeah, specifically for the magic beans in our community, it, it does affect our league. So we're currently in stage two of our Wilds of Eldraine League, which we should have basically had stage two wrapped up by now or within the next few days. And we're only halfway through. We've, we've only managed to get three of the six rounds done. Uh, and we were already working to a super tight schedule to get this league wrapped up with Ixalan releasing next week and then the intention of the uh, 2023 Envy being on the 2nd of December, it was already pretty tight. So we've made the call. We've sort of had a bit of a chat about it and looked at dates and things like that, and effectively we're going to be extending this league. So we've got one round being played at the moment Ixalan will be releasing next week and so we'll give players sort of a week and a half to play their next round with new cards uh, there'll be one more round after that final round, 6th round and then we will cut to top 8 and instead of the Envy being held on December 2nd we'll now be running the league finals so I'd already put in my calendar to be streaming on that day uh, I think you guys have as well and uh, yeah we'll be running a league finals which we haven't done this year but it'll give us a good, good bit of practice, get us get us back in the uh, commentary shape, I guess, to uh, be ready for the Envy, which we will now be on uh, early 2024. So we haven't locked in a date for that, but it just gets too busy. Once we hit December, everyone's got Christmas stuff, family stuff. It's it's a silly season. And yeah, it's just too hard to find a date and a time that we can do the Envy properly. And uh, yeah, you know, it's a big event that we like to do properly so give it the uh, the time and effort that it needs we'll be putting that on early in 2024 so possibly late January maybe early feb not sure we will figure that out and we will let the relevant people know so yeah a bit annoying it's messed things up a little bit for us but to
2: say I'd be I'm surprised would be a absolute lie so <laughs> honestly this is the first major impact we've had from arena in terms of running any of these kind of events yeah like, people true. have had yeah, individual pretty niggly well. problems but like this is the first widespread problem in four years of running these things so like credit it doesn't always suck i guess but <laughs> it just does right it now sucks right now yeah <laughs> it sucks yeah. right now which is annoying because you come to expect that you can just do this thing once it's given to you and then when it's taken away it's it just makes it more annoying than when you didn't have it in the first place
0: yeah yeah, it's fine if you find a fault and it gets fixed within a day or two. But when it's weeks, it's yeah, it's just just annoying. So anyway, it is what it is. So let's move on from that and get into some Ixalan stuff. So as I said, we do have Lost Caverns of Ixalan releasing on Arena next Tuesday, Wednesday-ish uh, Australian time. So, it's going to be pretty exciting. We This is the first time we're going back to Ixalan. Previously, Ixalan was a very, very underpowered set. There was not a lot going on in there. A couple of good cards that sort of saw regular play in some standard decks, but it was not a uh, high-powered set, and uh, I don't think it sold very well either. The- Colossal
2: oh, Colossal oh, Dreadmore, hello?
0: <laughs> Come on. <laughs>
1: Iconic.
2: It's- yes, yes, definitely, yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, we're going to have a bit of a look at that. We thought we'd just have a quick run through the draft archetypes. We normally do go through those when a new set's coming out. We're not going to go a full deep dive on the draft meta and archetypes and that sort of stuff, but we will have a look at the color pairs. And, yeah, as we usually do, we have a look at the multicolored uncommons as they tend to be the signposts for the, the different draft archetypes. So we're going to kick it off uh, with blue-white. Chewy, do you want to take us through what's the uncommon card for this and then what is that archetype
1: yeah so uh master's guide mural uh is a uh, an artifact that costs three white blue and it says uh when it enters the battlefield create a four four white and blue golem artifact creature token so five mana, four four pretty good uh it also has craft with artifact for four white white blue. Uh, so a reminder from the last cast on what that means. It says exile this artifact, exile another artifact you control, or an artifact from your graveyard, and then return this card transform. And on the back side it's got Masters Manufactory, which is an artifact that has tap, create a four, four, white and blue golem artifact creature token, uh with the clause activate only if this or another artifact into the battlefield under your control this turn. So five mana four four that you can then pay seven uh, only as a sorcery. But then it makes lots of four fours every time you have, have an artifact. So uh, it's a artifact synergy uh, archetype for, uh, for for blue and white. And uh, there's a sub theme of a, a blink thing uh like a blink theme with the uh with blue white as well. So it's uh uh Abdullo Ancestral Echo, which is uh one of the cards I talked about uh last time we played. Uh, last time we played last time we recorded. <laughs> uh it it has an ability that uh for three mana can blink a creature or artifact. So you can literally just for three mana just you know, your, that's your wombo combo, right? Three five mana four four thing and then for three mana you can just keep blinking so on turn turn six you know you're going to make a uh a four four every turn which seems pretty cool so yeah artifact synergies in blue and white
0: rules question so if you've got the master's manufactory so you've crafted it and it's now on the other side and you blink it comes back back as the front side front side yeah comes back as the front side okay yep
2: so don't do that that's, otherwise, you've got to pay seven and then no, flip you it No, you just
1: don't... You blink it and it comes you, back because you, uh, you get yeah, a Yeah, you just don't craft with artifact and you just continue to blink you, it and you make a You it just leave force. it on the front side. Right, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yep, not bad. So, blue, white, artifact crafting, that sort of stuff. Yeah, a, but artifact synergies,
1: something. you know, artifact matters. Yeah, okay. Pretty, pretty cool. Interesting. Yep.
0: Uh, cracker, the mm. next one is up your alley a little bit, the uh, blue-black
2: archetype what do we got here how on it's earth do you say that descend oh mate uh
1: it's a ooch uh, ben <laughs> Ush ben Bak. yep yep okay
2: sure the great mistake like my pronunciation <laughs>
1: uh i thought you were saying this is up your alley because you're a mistake no whoa uh, it's three <laughs>
2: blue back we're just gonna move right past that for yeah. a six four it's a legendary creature skeleton horror which is amazing uh with vigilance and menace which is a Interesting keyword combo for blue-black, but Vigilance is not usually on yeah I see a stuff. lot of that on- It's more yeah. a white-green thing. Anyway, mm. it's, uh, it's got Descend 8, uh, and it's got an activate ability of 4 blue-black, and return the great mistake from your graveyard to the battlefield with a finality counter on it. Activate only if there are 8 or more permanent cards in your graveyard, and only as a sorcery. Uh, finality counter we talked about last time is just formalizing the- when it comes back, you then exile it after it dies again. It doesn't go back to your graveyard. And Descend, remind me you how Descend works again. So, it is to do with the permanent cards in your graveyard.
1: Not permanent types, but number of permanent cards. Total number of cards. Yep. Okay. Yep. 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 So, you've uh, got to have so eight.
2: Correct. Yep. For this one, it's eight. For others, it'll be Descend one or something like that. And that is Descend and Descended is if a... Permanent, permanent card yes. Oh, now so important thing i i learned this week which we should have probably paid more attention to is that it is a permanent card not a permanent goes to your graveyard oh so treasures so, don't count correct we talked okay. about tokens and things triggering it but that's not true it has to be a permanent uh, okay. card not a permanent because the token does go to your graveyard but it's not a card
0: okay yeah
2: it's not revolt
1: yeah revolt was
0: when what something
2: died yep yeah. yeah there
1: yeah.
0: is Good something
1: times? if uh yeah it's confusing.
0: Just yeah. it let's just have multiple of the same. <laughs> yeah, same for same same space. yeah. Same <laughs> Yeah. All uh, right. The... Talk to us yep. about Simic. Yep. Simic. So green, blue. We have Nick current conductor. So green and the blue for two, three. Murfolk Scout. Uh, whenever a creature you control explores a land card, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. Whenever a creature you control explores a non-land card, put a plus one, plus one counter on this thing. So explore, if you hit a land, you you put the land into your hand, don't you? Mm -hmm. So I guess you can stack your triggers so that you draw the land and then this thing puts it onto the battlefield tapped. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It's pretty good. Uh, And if it's a non-land card, the creature that's exploring gets a plus one, plus one counter. And so this thing also gets a plus one, plus one counter. So that's pretty good. That's real good. And then we've got a uh, a Deep Fathom Echo, which is two green-blue for 4-4 Merfolk spirit. At the beginning of combat on your turn, it explores. Then you may have it become a copy of another creature you control until end of turn,
2: which is interesting.
1: Okay, a format of 4-4 that can sometimes be a clone.
2: Mm. I'm pretty sure I just want the 4-4 with explore counters on it.
1: Mm. Yeah, probably.
0: (laughs) The Simic archetype is pretty much what it normally is, like it is... Ramping, but it's it's based around the explore mechanic. So
1: using explore to ramp, yeah.
0: Exp- explore works pretty good. Yeah, you are you're either drawing extra lands or you're making your creatures bigger. And I guess the Deep Fathom Echo, like if you're ramping and putting out some big creatures, you can make this get. You can turn him into Colossal
1: off. Dreadmore Cracker, but with counters on him.
2: Ooh, except yeah. it's yeah. not in the set. Uh. But
0: yes.
1: Mr. B. Is it real? It's not in the same.
2: Yeah, yeah now, they, so. they printed a strictly better version. Yeah, they
1: upgraded reason. it, yeah. So, is the current conductor just the guy who's currently in the job? Is he, like, conducting dried grapes or is it actually, like, a water thing here? It's an ambiguous card name.
0: Is he directing some electrical yeah, systems?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. he might meet so, some resistance, yeah.
0: Mm. Anyway, <laughs> what's the next one, Black, Green, <laughs> Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh... Akawali, which is a fun um, name to say, uh, the Seething Tower, and uh, actually looks like something lifted straight from uh, The Last of Us. Uh, it is a legendary creature fungus. It's uh, one black green for a 3-3 three, three with Descend 4. So as long as there are four or more permanent cards in your graveyard, uh, this gets plus two, plus two, and has trample. So three mana, five, five tramples, anyone? Uh, but if Seems it, good. Yeah. If it ticks up to eight... Um so as long as there are eight permanent cards in your graveyard, it gets an additional plus two plus two and can't be blocked by more than one creature. So a uh yeah, it gets big. Three mana seven, seven is that can't be blocking more than one creature. Uh brings the beat down. Uh it's a, it doesn't it's just a payoff though, right? Like it doesn't uh enable itself in any way. It doesn't mill when it comes in or, or have a sack outlet or anything, so it's just a big beta. but, you know, three mana, three, three, uh, is the, uh, sort of the, the flaw on this, it's like the, uh, the fail case. So that's not too bad at all. Uh, squirming emergence is the other one that, uh, it's a horrible sort of name. Squirming emergence. Squ- yeah, squirming. it's uh, just The it's uh, like, oh, just, uh.
0: nothing sounds good about it. No. no,
1: and then when you look at the art, it's uh, it's, it's apt <laughs> as well. So, yeah, and I think is he, has he got a pirate hat on? He might have a pirate he does. hat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, so this is a sorcery. It's got fathomless descent. Uh, so return to the battlefield. Target non land permanent card in your graveyard with mana less than or equal to the number of permanent cards in your graveyard. So, it's a uh, reanimation spell, but it can get anything as long as, you know, it's cheap enough versus the number of cards in your in your bin. So, this can bring back Planeswalkers, artifacts, enchantments, lands, all sorts of stuff. So, it's a uh, pretty cool card, Krakow. This is like, what do you think of this one? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah,
2: seems really cool. I mean, pl- I'm sure Golgaria really struggled to, you know, put cards in its graveyard.
1: This <laughs> might make the cut for Muldrotha, you know.
2: Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah that. I see that. Yeah, wow. for sure.
1: Yeah, just perhaps. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. What's the next uh, one? Red, black. Black, red?
2: Mm hmm. It's <laughs> Zoyawa, the Lava Tongue. It's black, red for a legendary Goblin Warlock, 2 2 with Death Touch. At the beginning of your instep, if you descended this turn, each opponent may discard a card or sacrifice a permanent. Zoya- <laughs> Zoyawa, Lava Tongue, deals three damage to each opponent who didn't. Uh, So it's just a reminder, if a permanent card is put into your graveyard from anywhere, so you can discard it or or what have you. um, Seems pretty strong. The other signpost card they gave is a rare, which I think is kind of dumb, but Molten Collapse seems real good. Destroy target creature or Planeswalker or destroy target non-creature, non-land permanent with mana value one or less. uh, And you can choose both if you've descended. Uh, I mean, that card will see play in, uh, let me think, standard, pioneer, and modern. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> this card is very good. Uh, getting to kill two things when you sack a fetch land seems pretty great. Uh, yeah, it's just an aggressive, you know,
1: it's great. Aggressive, as well. yeah, it's, yeah, it's, like, it's
2: a fantastic removal. But the like, upgrade the, the, to
1: terminate and Dreadball for sure.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that this is a sorcery is obviously worse, but it does more, so well, that makes it.
1: It's
0: also it pitches to fury and grief. Perfect, because yeah.
2: those cards needed the help. <laughs> um, I feel like the pitch elementals have really been underplayed in modern. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I feel like you really scam people if you made a deck with them.
2: Oh, what do you guys think of the Punisher effect on Zoya-wa? Uh So, it, it's they either discard sacric permanent or get bolted if That's- you've descended. None of them are good, as in,
0: like if <laughs> as the person who has to make that choice. Yeah, and and being three things is uh,
1: this is really yeah, good I mean, in limited. Really, this will end games um, in limited. Like this is your reach, so it, it might get in for an attack or two. Uh, so in limited, this could easily do uh, like five to eight damage for t- for two mana. So pretty good limited yeah, it, card. It doesn't
2: yeah. trigger every turn. Like it's yeah, you, only you've got to be
1: able to descend yourself. Yeah, but you know you're playing to, red black. You know you're going to find ways to. You know, sack creatures, or you know, society sure. attacks, off. and trade things off. Yeah, exactly. So, and yeah, it might not be every turn, but if this sticks around, it's a bit of a lightning rod. Honestly, like you, you got to kill this thing, but if you don't, this is good for five to eight damage. I reckon. So, I'd be happy to play this. I might even put it in my Grenzo Commander deck, just because it's goblin density in colors, and it's a bit fun. I don't know. Yeah. I'll probably, <laughs> I'll probably put Goblin Collapse in. <laughs> so, <Sorry>. yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yep, alright, next one is Red Green, uh, which is all about them dinosaurs So uh, we've got, goodness me, who came up with all these names It's Quinth, firstborn yep. of Gishath uh, Red Green for a 2-3 dinosaur with haste, seems pretty good uh, When this enters the battlefield you may kick her you may pay two when you do <laughs> Target dinosaur you control deals damage to another target creature equal to its power. So two mana, two, three, haste. Yep, seems good in a dinosaur or red-green beat down aggressive deck. And if you're playing it late game, it's a target dinosaur you control deals damage to another target creature. So if you've got no other dinosaurs, you can just have this thing punch something for two, which is good. But if you've got some bigger dudes sitting around, you can take out whatever you want. So kind of... Built-in removal on uh, on this little dude, which is quite nice. The uh, the other card we've got here is polani's Hatcher, three red green for a five three dinosaur. Other dinosaurs you control have haste. Heck yes, <laughs> gotta love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, create two o one green dinosaur egg creature tokens that would also have haste. Uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn. If you control one or more eggs, sacrifice an egg, then create a 3-3 green dinosaur creature token. So, you play that in your pre-combat main phase. You make two o-one eggs. You go to combat and you sack one of those eggs to turn it into a 3-3 that gets haste from this
2: thing.
1: Yep. And then again, yep. next turn. Uh,
0: so, the next no.
2: turn, no. Because you, you need don't only have one eggs. So, you need a way to like proliferate your eggs. Oh, no. It's if
0: yeah, you control you one, one or more eggs. eggs. yeah. Sacrifice oh, an extra. Uh, yeah, so you do yeah. it. So, okay. you, yeah, so okay. you're making a three three. So this is a five manner that makes eight. five manner 3, mana eight, five six. three. <laughs> Yeah, that gives. Well, it's more than that because no, you get no, two no. three threes yeah. there. Well,
1: eight six on that on the turn you play it, and then yeah. then you make a three three the following turn. Yeah,
0: wowzers, that's uh quite good. So yeah, we're, there's a whole bunch of dinosaurs in red and green. Uh, it looks like they've kind of pushed that archetype a bit in this set. So. Yeah, we'll if you like to bash people's faces then uh yeah red greens where you want to be so I think that'd be a uh, an archetype I would be certainly keen to give a run Chewie, next one is green white
1: yeah uh kuzil exemplar so I'm just doing all the three minute three threes tonight so uh one green white for a three three legendary creature cat warrior all the uh cat commander deck players rejoice. Uh, and it has your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. That, that is a very, very powerful effect. Uh, Not so much has- in limited. N- no, well, it stops, stops them, like, blowing you out with combat tricks and things, but, yeah, yeah less less important in limited, but, you know, instants are still important. Uh, it also has whenever one or more creatures you control... Oh, sorry, whenever one or more creatures you control, each with power greater than its base power, deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So if <laughs> you've got good. any sort of pump <laughs> effects, explore, yeah. uh, lords, anthems, anything like that, uh, yeah, so this, uh, this seems pretty good against control. So if someone wants to bring counter spells to the table in standard or something, but yeah, it's a, I think the, for limited that uh second paragraph is much more important so if you've got <laughs> got a oh, got a way to explore or pump your creatures in any way this is going to turn itself into a, oh, there was a Simic elf a little while ago it's whenever a creature you control dealt damage you need know, your card so it's kind of a uh, fixed version of that thing um so yeah, that card's pretty good, and the other card they got here is Kellen, Daring Traveler. So it's a legendary creature, human fairy scout. So human fairy, it's a interesting mix. Um, it's a, it's got, it's a, a.
0: Let's not think about that too much. No,
1: no, it's a. Uh, so it's got an adventure. So Journey On is a sorcery, uh, and it says create X map tokens, where X is one plus a number of opponents you control opponents who control an artifact uh so creates at least one map so for one green it's gonna, uh,
0: be, gonna be a lot of artifacts kicking around with and maps and all yep. sort of stuff yeah
1: absolutely uh and the on kellen themselves it has whenever kellen daring traveler attacks reveal the top card of your library if it's a creature card with mana value three or less Put it into your hand, otherwise you may put it into your graveyard. So a two mana, two, three, that you could, you can, you know, make a map token on turn one with a green and then drop your planescracker because you love them and then play no. a two, three, and then you're fixing your draws or drawing cards every time they attack, which is pretty gas.
2: So I like this. It is. It's yeah. a rare as well, though. So it is, it's not yeah. like you're going to see it a lot in. And- um, limited. No, I'm no sorry. I was on. laughing at your first card because you're like the second paragraph. I'm like,
1: that's isn't how magic second, cards work now. It's a second man. paragraph and <laughs> an uncommon
2: now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the paragraph says draw a card and it's green and white cracker. Does that does that sway you? Does that move the needle at all?
2: Uh, the card seems really strong. Yeah. Very diplomatic.
1: Yep. yep.
0: The map tokens are one tap sack. Explore, explore? a creature yep. explores. Target so creature can- control explores. You can sort of set this up for your turn three. Yes. You've got attack. a map. You can explore. Like, you can sack a map, explore, go, oh, yep, I've got a creature on top. I leave that on top. I get the plus one, plus one counter, and yes. then I attack, and then I put that creature in my hand. That's a thing you can do, I guess.
1: Yeah. yeah you can just manipulate the top of your library, which is obviously really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I like it.
2: All right. Next one, cracker. we got black-white. We sure do. So, this is uh, Bartolome del Presidio. This is also oh, known lovely. as Bart the President. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's a legendary vampire knight. He's a 2-1. And says, sacrifice another creature or artifacts, put a plus one plus one counter on Bart the President. Uh, oh boy. Free sack outlets have never gone badly for people before. <laughs> There's nothing <laughs> they, to they never here, enable combos. No, no, never. <laughs> have you heard of carrion feeder? That didn't even let you sack artifacts. <laughs> Do you yeah. remember
1: when like Nentuko husk, husk was a- uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yep. all you uh, were doing no, was, was just like attacking for lethal, not like doing yep. some insane combo with, you know scrying and draining your opponent infinitely. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I
2: love it. It's you've you've basically just mixed Atog and Carrion Fina <laughs> in this card. Yeah, wow. Except it costs less. Um and then the other one we've got here is Amalia. Uh Benevitas Aguri, I think. It's also <laughs> black white for a tutu vampire scout with ward pay three life. Uh whenever you gain life, Amalia Explores, then destroy all other creatures if its power is exactly 20. So cool. So You're cool. Definitely going to do that in limited. hundred <laughs> percent. Just need to explore all of your deck. All of your deck. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's also a rare. I don't know why. Yeah, they- it's
1: a janky commander combo. That's what that is. Uh, and obviously it's a, you know, if we read the storyline, she probably does a thing. And also the art is pretty cool. On Amalia, right? It is. But yeah.
2: I, I misread it initially and was about to go and get my wife.
1: Amu- oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah does Close. she have a reflection when she looks in the mirror?
2: Yeah, yeah, she does. I've also seen her um, destroy all other creatures. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I like it. I like it. Uh, I've like- never
2: listened to a single episode of this podcast, so I'm very safe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> Lannery Storm's back.
2: Yeah. Uh
0: yeah, yeah, so is it? We have Captain Storm, Cosmium Raider. What is Cosmium? No idea. Uh it is blue and a red for two two legendary human pirate. Whenever an artifact enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus on counter on target pirate you control. So it doesn't have to be this pirate. It can be another pirate. Uh I believe is the it colours is all about uh treasures and equipment. I did notice when I was sort of scrolling through Scryfall, looking at cards to talk about tonight. There's a lot of equipment in Red. Mm I don't think any of it looks any good, but there's a lot floating around. So, uh, yeah, you definitely want to be playing a whole bunch of those and putting counters all over your Pirates. We've also got the Belligerent, which I'm assuming is Captain Lannery's ship. This Mm -hmm. is a vehicle. It's two blue-red for a 5-5 with Crew 3, which... uh, Captain Storm cannot crew on their own. Oh, a, uh, but it can after you play after you put a your it. boat and then yeah, it's okay, an you, play, you play your boat and then you put then a out. Can... Yep, yep, okay, uh-huh. yep. That makes sense. Uh, whenever the belligerent attacks, create a treasure token. Well, there's another trigger. Uh, until end of turn, you may look at the top card of your library any time, and you may play lands and cast spells from the top of your library.
1: Well, that's pretty the good. End of
0: turn, you may look at the top of the and you may. So you can only play them till the end of your turn as well.
2: Yeah, but every attack step, yep. you get that trigger.
0: Yep, and it's five five. So eh, seems pretty good, and yeah, works pretty well with Captain Storm, and is creating treasures every time. So keeps triggering anything else that we've got in blue red that is triggering off of artifacts entering the battlefield or treasures specifically, and uh, and all the equipment. So. Interesting that's it's a different archetype to what we typically see in blue red so yeah
1: could be I cool. like it though um, so yep. according to whatdoesthatmean.com uh cosmium is the hypothetical radioactive element of atomic number 137 there you go <laughs> it's a, and sure. according to uh uh mtgfandom.com/wiki it's a resource of immense power uh, long before Chimmel, the Sun at the center of Excellence Core was caged in a cosmium metal prison by the Coin Empire. After 320 years of darkness, she was freed from her prison and is now surrounded by a reef of cosmium that darkens half of the land. So there. Yeah,
0: so it's some crazy expensive resource, and so that's why Captain Storm is raiding the cosmium because she's a pirate. Yep. yep. Makes sense. Yep. All right, we've got one archetype left, Chewy.
1: Well, so it's red-white. Do we ever need to talk about red-white draft archetypes? No. Okay, so uh, they've got uh, Capricoti Sunborn. Yep, Cap- Capricoti. Cap-a-
0: Cap-a-rock-ti?
1: Cap-a-rock-ti? Yeah, Rockty. Caparockti? Rockty. Yeah, Rockty Sunborn. Sure. Uh, two... Red, white for a four-four legendary creature, human scout. Okay, okay. Uh, whenever this attacks, you may tap two untapped artifacts and/or creatures you control. If does discover three, so it discovers like the fixed cascade. So that's not bad. You might have some map tokens or treasures or anything lying around. So uh, that is pretty cool. Um, this is if- uh,
0: what's that chick human soldier that flips? humans off the top of your library this is the Unota? version of that at home yeah yeah, that's, yeah home. the fixed
1: oneota yeah and then the associated rare is we've got Pakal thousandth moon gosh that's hard to say um <laughs> it's a one red white for a one two uh it says whenever you attack with one or more non-gnome creatures okay specifically non-gnome that's uh all the Shout out to all my gnomes out there. I, I see you, even if this card doesn't. Uh, put a plus one, plus one counter on this, then create X, one, one, colors, gnome, artifact, creature, tokens that are tapped and attacking, where X is a number of counters on this. So uh, she brings all the gnomes. So there you go. Uh, right. Seems, so
0: go wide, yeah. make some gnomes, tap yeah. some dudes down.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, you it's add amazing. gnomes every time, so... She, instead of being a human soldier, she should be a human nomad? No. no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. On to the previews. <laughs> Swing and a miss. Uh,
2: I tell you what, I, I'm really pleased to see that they've just decided that with, you know, vampires and dinosaurs and pirates and, you know, all these other things that we already had that they, they should bring in some more creature types because there weren't enough already. So we've now got fairies and gnomes. I don't know if you noticed there's there's a, there's a, Elephant Planeswalker, <laughs> yes, which is we just yeah, come, got, ac- we just I mean, come across got, from Strixhaven. haven have got, and- got
0: Sahili there as well. Like, it's just well, yeah, it's just, weird,
2: it just you know, but it's okay because we've got Cavern of Souls, so you can just cast all your things, it's fine. <laughs> you just got to be able to blink your cavern 11 times to cast non counterable spells.
0: Yep, yep. All right, well, let's uh, yeah, that's the draft archetypes. Just a quick, quick look at them. We weren't going to go too deep on them tonight, but uh. I want to talk about a few preview cards. So, we do have a few good reprints that we've seen in this set. So, you did mention the Cracker Cavern of Souls, which mm-hmm. we've seen for, for quite a while. We've got Charter Courses back. That that was first printed in the previous
2: Ixalan set. Love it. Uh, Resplendent Angel. Mm-hmm. Which is uh one white white for a three three angel at the beginning of your end step. If you gain five life, create a four four angel with vigilance, and then you've got the activated can oof, pump. All yeah, th- yeah, three yeah. white white white, and it gets plus two plus two on lifelink link. Explore a yep. staple. This, is, this, this yeah, thing heavily is, played ex- explore angels. Yeah. It was really good in standard first time round, and when I saw it, I was like, okay, legit good white card here.
0: Oh, uh, Source for Spyglass, face. which is uh, you get to look at your opponent's hand. You can name a card, and then they can't cast it or activate abilities
2: of it. Sideboard card forever for everyone. Yep,
0: really solid. And a Treasure Map, which is super grindy. Uh, oh. Card advantage card, make some treasures, sack those treasures for card draw. So some good reprints there. There's probably a bunch of other ones that we've missed, but they're just ones that I noticed as I was sort of scrolling through. So. Chewy, do you want to give us one of your previews that you're keen on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so one that really jumps out at me is Aklazot's Deepest Betrayal. Uh, and this is uh, part of the god cycle. There's one in each colour. Uh, it's the black one, at uh, three black black for a 4-4 four floor four, four legendary creature bat god. Uh, it has flying and lifelink. And it says, whenever this attacks, each opponent discards a card. For each opponent who can't, you draw a card. Whenever an opponent discards a land card, create a 1-1 black creature token with flying. When this dies, return it to the battlefield tapped and transformed under its owner's control. So the other side of it is Temple of the Dead and it has tap, add black. It's a land, Temple of the Dead. Uh, And it also has two and a black tap, transform this, activate only if a player has one or fewer cards in hand and only as a sorcery. So it... Axolots of you, but it can really be a recurring threat that uh, also creates an army. Pretty nuts, this card. It's a mythic as well. So it's very powerful. Mm, Very solid. Yeah, Yeah.
0: definitely.
2: Also worth noting the land isn't legendary.
1: Oh, yeah. on the
2: backside. So when
1: this dies, so if you cast a second copy of Axolots, you choose which one of them dies and you just go, I now have the land so you can just cast it. Well, you his. can, but like if
2: if you have yeah. one and it dies and you have another one that dies like your land doesn't it doesn't get blown up.
0: Yeah. 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 And you can have you know, one, you, one, a one as one of the land course. side one as yeah. a Yep. Exactly. Creature side at, at all times sort of thing. Yeah, five yep. minute full
1: flying life link makes people discard cards, makes bats. I think all
0: all of the gods have that same that sort recursive of recursive threat. Yeah. yeah they, they mm-hmm. die, they come back transformed as a land and then they have some sort of Activated ability with a clause, and you can bring them back. They
2: will seem pretty solid. What do you got, Cracker? Funny you should talk about gods that do things like that. (laughs) Mine is Oja Pak Patik, the deepest epoch. (laughs) And it's uh, two blue blue for a four three with flying. Uh, Whenever you cast an instant spell from your hand, it gains rebound. Wow. Uh, Yeah. So exile it as it resolves. If you don't know what rebound is, it's an older mechanic, which we haven't seen for a while, actually. and then at the beginning of your upkeep, you cast that spell for free, and then you exile it. But uh, when it dies, it you know it uh, returns to the battlefield tapped and transformed under its owner's control with three time counters on it. And then it's got an activated ability of tap blue add a blue um, remove a time counter from it, and then you can pay two and a blue to tap and then flip it over, but only if it has no more time counters. So use it as a lane three times to remove the time counters, and then, you know, fourth time you can pay three to um, transform it
1: back. Interesting that that's got the, the you, you can activate the black one like the next turn, whereas that one has got the time counters clause on it, which is interesting. So yeah, they must have thought it was an extra powerful. Rebounding. Well, the instance. black one had the
0: clause of you had to have an opponent with or a player no had to have one lent. or fewer cards.
1: Yeah,
2: in I feel like that's- which yeah is is possible that yeah. Have you played Standard and been Hellpent recently? No. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. True, true. <laughs> no one's ever Hellpent. Oh, no, no, no. That's a thing that happens anymore. Um, just, I don't know. Like, obviously, Is It Spell Slinger is, like, my jam. But this seems, yeah, giving it all your spells rebound. So, don't cast it on four. Wait until <laughs> you can gain value. Uh, counter spells don't work so good with it. But everything else does.
1: Uh, and Cracker, you've got my youngest daughter, sorry, Shorty, sorry, you've got my youngest daughter's invitational card to talk about here.
0: You're referring to belligerent yearling?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a little bit of Lola about the art as well. Look at that, yeah. the unkept hair and yeah, quite stocky. Nice. Yeah. Look at it it's yeah. Her. <laughs>
0: Definitely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I did what I always do when I'm going through previews and just went straight to the red cards, to look for all the good red aggressive stuff, and uh, I was very disappointed. <laughs> there's, there's no. What was the uh, Goblin Pirate that won, one mana one? Fanatical one Firebrand. Fanatical Firebrand. I was expecting I that. I cast That's a lot similar. of that yeah. card. Yeah, same. Yeah, played a little but bit. But no, I got nothing. This but, is uh, a good card, though. Yeah, it seems good. Uh, so one and a red for a 3 2 dinosaur with trample. So that's not too bad. And it's got whenever another dinosaur enters the battlefield under your control, you may have belligerent yearling's base power become equal to that creature's power until end of turn. So we're, we're talking before in the limited stuff about potential dinosaur deck, there is a lot of red and green dinosaurs. So this is your early drop that's a 3 2 beta. That's not too bad. And then later on, you've got this down, you drop a, you know, six power dinosaur, and this thing takes on its power it doesn't get the toughness just gets the power but it's got trample built in so not it's got too a bad a damage
1: through at a rate of knots this thing
0: yeah yeah who knows might be good enough we will we will see but uh it's about as good as we get for good red aggressive cards these days what else yeah. you got chewy
1: hang on hang on hang on a, th- a two mana three two trample that gets bigger and you, you there's disappointment in your voice it, it dies to shock <laughs>
0: I going to pay two mana for something that dies to shock.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness me! Power Dyes creepers down, crept into your dies, brain, dies to everything. Uh, do you know what? Do you know, what, I I will cast Get Lost on that thing yeah. if I uh, if I need to. So, uh, Get Lost is one and white for an instant and says destroy target creature, enchantment, or planeswalker. Its controller makes two map tokens. So, uh, and the map tokens are the. Uh, Artifact tokens that make one of your creatures explore, but just I would much rather spend two mana and get rid of Shieldred uh, and have my opponent have two map tokens than have Shieldred on the other side of the board. So this is a super efficient white removal spell uh, that also hits you know other permanent types. This is uh, this is a quite a good magic card, I think. It's, it's uh, probably you will see play in some other formats outside of standard as well, potentially maybe. Get played in Explorer. But uh, yeah, hitting enchantments at all Planeswalkers for one and a white. Seems good.
0: Yeah, what was what's the other one and a white one where they make clues? Uh, it's played in Pioneer, I think.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Fateful Absence? Fateful Absence, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yep. 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 Seems seems like a bit of an upgrade on that. The map tokens are yeah not as good as clues. Just get uh, two straight, of them.
2: Straight card draw. Yeah. But you do need a creature. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So... Hmm.
0: It's powerful. Yep. It is. All right, what do you got next, Cracker?
2: Echoing Deeps. This isn't land. It's a cave. It says you may have Echoing Deeps into the battlefield as a copy of any land card in a graveyard, except it's a cave in addition to its other types. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this card called Dark Depths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah. this isn't this isn't a standard card, but like. This will see play in older formats. I think it, it has potential. It has combo potential. So I think this will be like got-
1: a one of in land archetypes that you want to be able to call on this for redundancy, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where if you don't have your loam going or something like that, it's it's got some some upside, and it also says a graveyard doesn't have to be yours. Ah, that is true. Yep. So you know, if you're milling your opponent and they. They flip over something cool, then you can do that. So yeah, seems seems very strong. Not otherwise you can, not otherwise not you could just have it into like it as a untapped colourless source if you want to do that. Yeah.
0: You could have it come in as a tapped fetch land or something. Mm-hmm. Probably not good enough for Lotus Field, unless you've got ways of putting your lotus fields in the graveyard, which you generally don't really want to do. You uh
1: no. Yeah, Did, is this good enough to, to have one in your deck if you're playing uh, like modern prime time? Just as a way, like to-, a way to copy mm-hmm. like a maybe. sun
0: home or something if someone's blown it up?
1: Yeah, as a
0: redundant piece. Yeah, maybe. Don't know. Not not an expert on that. Yeah. deck. Yeah,
1: I, I think I I don't know if it'll make the cut, but it'll get looked at, right? Uh, for, yeah, as an yeah. option. Yeah, yeah,
0: yep, yeah. People will try it out and find it's not good enough, and then that'll be the end of it.
1: Yep. Um, Shorty, your next card, G Angelina Jolie's let herself go.
0: <laughs> well, this is this is the closest that we got to the uh, Fnatic Firebrand. This is Goblin Tomb Raider, and uh, wow, yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly not an Angelina Jolie. Uh, single red for a one two. I mean, you're talking about power Creeper before Chewie. Now we just get one <laughs> one mana one twos with oh. no drawbacks in uh, in red. Dice to shock. <laughs> yes. So there's a
2: Goblin I Pirate. Wouldn't, I wouldn't waste my shock. No. <laughs>
0: As long as you control an artifact, it gets plus one, plus O and has haste. So, one mana, two, two haste if you've got an artifact. Not that hard to do. You know, obviously, we're going to see a lot of treasures and stuff kicking around, maps and things in, in this sort of set. There's a lot of the support for that in the red colors. As we were saying before, there's a lot of equipment. Yeah, I mean, we've still got, like, oh, man, what's the cyberpunk set called? Goodness me. Kamigawa. Kamigawa. Right. Wow. Neon Dynasty, that's what I was trying to think of. Uh, we've still got that, legal in standard, which had a whole bunch of, you know, rabbit batteries and all that sort of stuff, all the different equipment that we had in there. So I don't think it'd be that hard to have this thing coming down as a one mana 2-2 with haste. Is that any good? Nope. <laughs> so we can just move along to the next card. What do you got, Cracker? What if they had Ancient <laughs> Den in the set? Gosh, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're definitely going to print that.
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. This card's a banned for a reason. Um... And can makes them real bad. Uh, Subterranean Schooner is one and a blue for an artifact vehicle. It is a 3-4. Uh, whenever And it has a crew one, which is the number you want to see for crewing your vehicles. Uh, whenever Subterranean Schooner attacks, target creature that crewed at this turn explores. So, not as good as Looter Scooter. Obviously, it doesn't fly. You don't get the ability when you block with it. It's only an attack trigger. But it is a 3-4 and it is two mana. And it's almost draw a card. It's not quite as good as loot. You get to draw lands and then mill things into the graveyard. It's it's, it's close. It's close.
1: It's pretty good. It's I don't know if it'll make it. It's well, not going to get
2: banned in standard like
1: yeah. <laughs> Like the Looter Scooter did. <laughs> no. Let's, let's no. be very clear
2: on that. The fact that it's blue and not just too generic is uh, is a huge difference. But,
1: but the, Absolutely. It's not going to get played in absolutely every creature deck. But- I wonder if like is it, this is a decent card. There's a whole bunch of uh, vehicles in the Kamigawa set, right? The the, the blue white archetype was very vehicle based, so I wonder if uh, you know the vehicles in this set. Maybe there's something there. Maybe we can you know Mech Titans core things out and and make the big Voltron thing or something. I don't know, but um, if they keep printing it, maybe it'll um, maybe it'll come in. It's a cool card. I don't know if it's going to make the cut, though. Yeah, mm, interesting. Yeah,
0: maybe. We'll we'll see. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's good enough. But who knows? Not me. That's for sure. My next card is uh, sticking with the red, <laughs> red creature theme. That You're we're on red. Uh, Inti Seneschal. I think that's how you say that word. Of the sun. Uh, one red for a two-two human knight. Like, look at the the art of this. It's a dude riding like a giant. Stegadon, basically, from Warhammer. <laughs> Why is it a 2-2? Anyway, uh, whenever you attack, you may discard a card. When you do, put a plus-a-plus plus counter on target attacking creature. It gains trample until end of turn. Whenever you discard one or more cards, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card until your next end step. So, one of the things with this, it's whenever you, whenever you attack. So, it doesn't have to be this dude that is attacking. You just attack with any creature. And then you get to do the discard, put a plus one counter on a creature and it gets trampled. So you might want to keep this thing back and you just send in some smaller creatures. It gives you an outlet to discard your lands that you've drawn that you don't want once you've hit your fourth or fifth land in your mono red deck. And it's whatever you're discarding, you're replacing it with the card from the top of your library. And it is a, you may play that card until your next end step as well. So it's, you know gives you in your second main phase something to do if you do discard a land and you hit another land off the top of your library well you can still play that land off the top of your library or whatever it else it is that you get so yeah not a not a bad creature it doesn't have haste i guess it can give itself trample and make itself bigger but just that sort of uh i mean i guess effectively looting or rummaging you're discarding first and then effectively drawing a card is is kind of something that you need to be able to do in red once you once you draw too many lands, you're kind of stuffed, and uh, yeah, this is a good way to get rid of all those garbage lands that you no longer want. And it also really
2: triggered Descend as well.
1: Yeah, good way. Yeah, to do that. Yep. yep, absolutely. Yep. Also, you can you know discard um, some Phoenixes to it or uh, some, some Fiery Tempers yep. In, yep. In, in some older formats. If you, yeah, I don't, I don't it, think it'll, it'll make trarelli. the cut for that, but that you know, it's a thing you could do. Yep, uh, pretty cool. Uh, and right. yeah, like obviously. The, uh, it's it's classic, like, uh, profile picture trap here where, you know, he's like, look at me. I'm awesome. I must be massive riding my giant stegadon thing. But in reality, he's not bringing the mount to the fight. It's just just the dude. So yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> oversold himself a little bit.
2: <laughs> Speaking of massive dudes, I can't remember if we talked about this card or not. The ancient one, blue black for an eight eight.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. We haven't talked about that one yet. <laughs> Yeah, blue I, black I, I didn't eight put eight
2: it on eight. the show notes. Yeah, blue black print <laughs> 8-8. That's it. Uh, Descend 8. The Ancient One can't attack or block unless there are eight or more permanent cards in your graveyard. Activated ability of two blue black, draw and then discard. When you discard a card this way, target player mills cards equal to its mana value.
0: Yep. Mm. So you target yourself until you get it's enough eight. permanent cards and then... Yeah. Eh, interesting. Yeah, any, anytime you get those weird cards where it's massively under for its stats are, are always interesting, but I think they're pretty good at making them so
2: they can't be broken these days. I don't know, man. Stitcher Supply is a hell of a card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that just ETBs and mills three, then it dies, and then you've got, oh, that's seven cards in your graveyard. Okay, what's next? <laughs> yeah, but it,
0: they, they do have to be permanents. That's true. That is true. Yeah, yeah. I think the last card we saw that, was like this. That was genuinely good. is probably Death Shadow, which is very old now. A thirteen, thirteen for one mana with a huge drawback. And oh, actually, it's not a, oh. not a huge drawback. Uh, we can we can I play around mean, that.
2: I think you mean Hogak. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: well,
0: that had discounts in uh, in other ways. <laughs> sure did.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It was a drawback. You could only cast it from your graveyard. Yeah. Yeah, um, with
2: yeah. Delve and Convoke. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Um, I just realised um, one of the reprints that uh, we didn't add on here, a Braid has been reprinted as well. So, it feels like a Braid might yeah. be a perpetual standard card. Well, that's,
0: yeah, well, that was already in standard yes. currently, but I think it wouldn't have been in standard with the if we stuck with the regular rotation. So, yeah. Um, yeah, um, they would have put it in there to make sure that it's yeah, permanently in standard. Yeah,
1: and it's fine. I think it's a good card having have in standard, for sure. I yep. think
2: it's good to destroy that last card you wanted to talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah, so one one last card to talk about, which is uh, Chimil, the Inner Sun. So you mentioned Chimil earlier, Chewy, as something when you were going on your fluff tangent.
1: It's, a, it's, it, it's the sun.
0: Sure. Uh, this is six mana for a legendary artifact. Spells you control can't be counted. And then at the beginning of your end step, discover five, which is, as we said, the fixed cascade. Exile cards from the top of your library to you exile a non-land card with mana value five or less. Cast it without paying its mana cost. So, commander card, straight up. This is definitely going to be a uh, a commander card, but pretty good.
1: <laughs> I like that the Immortal Sun from the last excellent sets, you know, was a key piece of that, um, that story arc, and now it's actually a character. Uh, yep. So, from a fluff perspective, but yeah. This is going to be uh It's going to go into a lot of commander decks. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Anytime you get
0: power, powerful colorless artifacts, they uh, they tend to be worth a bit of money and slot into various commander decks. So.
2: Yeah, it's, the cards toxic. Yep. All right. So. What's <laughs> <laughs> cool cards spells. in this set? <laughs>
0: uh, uh, the sort of the general consensus I've been hearing about this set is that it is it's not crazy powerful. It is certainly more powerful than the last time we were at Ixalan and people seem to be reasonably excited about it. So I haven't paid enough attention to the spoilers to really give a good opinion. But what do you
2: guys think? Good set, bad set, excited? Yeah, it looks cool. I mean, Ixalan was a lot of fun last time, even if it wasn't good. Um, But uh, yeah, I think it looks like it, it feels like it's on par with the power level of most of the things in standard already. Most of the sets, not all of them, but most. There's always outliers in terms of, like stupid cards but yeah it seems good
1: I don't know whether I uh am unexcited about this set because I'm not excited about you know the the plane and the the cards I'm seeing so much I'm not not excited but I'm not like like chomping at the bit like I was for like Kamigawa um or maybe it's just like out and out fatigue (laughs) there's so many cards are coming out so often and it's just like I can't keep up and I'm just kind of you know only giving things a cursory glance because I know that you know within a week of these being this set being out we're going to start seeing previews for the next set. so yeah it's a uh, slow down wizards let us have time to get excited <laughs> please <let it> break. <laughs> so funny you should
2: say that we've got the uh outlaws of thunder ridge coming up soon and
1: uh- <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> like oh my
2: gosh. Uh, i'm sorry
1: yeah
0: Never ending previews and never ending set releases. Yep. Yeah. That's, well, uh, that's how business
2: does it. Yep. That, is, that is true. We've got to keep the hype train running. Speaking of hype train, absolutely. We're, we're yes. back on the train.
0: We are. Yeah. We uh, magically got the email this time for the early access event. So we missed the last set. I think we might have been on the one before that. I can't remember. We, we got booted off the program for a while with, along with everyone else, and they went, no, only like big time streamers are going to be doing this. And then I don't think that worked. So we managed to sneak onto the, an invite and then we just, we just wizards just dropped the ball as they always do and we couldn't get back on there. But out of nowhere, a couple of weeks ago, we got the email, we are back onto the early access event. So it actually kicks off like 5am, we're recording this Thursday night, it kicks off 5am Friday morning. Uh, I'm not getting up at 5am to do any streaming and I have a very busy day of work tomorrow so uh, we'll not be doing any streaming during the day but hoping to get on for at least a couple of hours on friday evening so uh, i'm not sure if either of you guys are gonna be able to give it a crack but we'll see how we go the option is there for for all of us to do it Uh i have no idea what to play so send us your decks give us your brews post in the in the discord give us something that you want to play we'll be up for playing absolutely anything preferably wacky weird stuff highlighting the uh the new cards we don't want to be doing what We did a, or I did a a, a couple of years ago and just jamming some mono red (laughs) because we do that all the time anyway. So, uh, yeah, give us some weird, funky brews and we'll get into that. Runs for 24 hours. So, there'll be a whole bunch of different streamers. Yeah, from 5 a.m. Friday morning until 5 a.m. Saturday morning, Melbourne time. So, keep an eye out for that. You guys got any uh, spicy, off the top brews that you're thinking about running?
1: Uh, I'm having a look at what I can do with Aristocrats with the, the black, white legend. Uh nice. Yeah, but uh and had some conversations with ties around a uh blue white maybe blue white green blink list. So nothing nothing to the point that we actually have a list yet. Uh but yeah, there's there's some thoughts spinning around in my head. Nice. Yeah.
0: all right Well, we'll see what we come up with and uh yeah, it should be a bit of fun cuz they uh, they always are. It's always nice to just jump on and play with all the cards. Even if you just jump on and you just crack packs, because <laughs> you, you don't get to do that in your normal life. So. But if you've got
1: if you've got a deck that you think is good, uh, but you don't want to spend the wild cards to to test it, then that's the perfect list to throw up to yeah. us. Send We've got out. you know the that account that we can that has all the things, and then we can just uh, we can build it and test it for you.
0: Yep, absolutely. All right, so, yeah, keep an eye out for that uh, tomorrow afternoon slash evening. And, uh, you know, Chewy seems to keep all sorts of weird hours, so maybe you'll get a weird Chewy stream at 1 a.m. in the morning. or Yeah, I might anyway. jump on when you're so, done. We'll see yes. how we go. Yep. Uh, yeah, hot, Sam, single,
1: single dadding this weekend, so I can't really commit to anything, but I'll have a crack.
0: Yep, yep. I can just, just stream with a kid on each knee and, yeah. Let them Simple click ride. the mouse, yeah.
1: Let's do it. <laughs> they can build probably the play deck. better just, than me. <laughs>
0: just, you can just point,
1: point at pictures of
0: cards and go, yeah, put that in your deck.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll get Scout to build yeah. me a deck. Done. <laughs> yeah. build, oh, I'll build a Scout Typhoon. Let's do it. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Nice. Done. Very good. All right, so usual wrap-up on the way out the door. If you want to uh, chat with us and send us deck lists or whatever, come and join us in the Discord. We do have an awesome community there. The link for that is in the show notes, as always, as well as a link for our merch store where you can pick up Magic Beans gear. Uh, whatever you want. There's a whole bunch of things on there. Go and check out Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They are the sponsors of the different things that we do. So we appreciate if you can go and join the Facebook group and bid on some stuff and let them know the Beans sent you when you win something. Uh, Just go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au and that will take you straight to the group. If you want to find us anywhere on the internet, just go to magicbeanscast.com. You'll find all the links for YouTube, Facebook, Twitch and Twitter slash X all on there. So go and check it out. If you'd like to find me on that platform, I am at Pyc, chewy you are. at Chewy MtG.
2: and cracker. At Joel Hill Underscore.
0: Very good. So that is it for this week. Thank you as always for listening, stay safe out there and we will see you all next time.